Hey y'all, welcome to episode 17 of Relationshipping and Handling, a podcast about relationships and how to handle different aspects of those relationships. Uh, I am your host, Hunter, and this is my last podcast for the year 2020, wrapping it up. Uh, Also wrapping up a mini-series that I've been doing over the past couple weeks on Christmas. I've been diving into uh, different main characters of the Christmas story, a story that I've read uh, hundreds of times or so, but just kind of has just been a story. It hasn't been something that I've taken um, away different things from, and uh, this being a relationship podcast, um, I figured I would dive in and and look at those characters and see what we can learn from them as far as relationships go. Um, I've also been talking about, you know, what it's like to, to have a hunter Christmas, right? Like what it was like growing up and, and whatnot. And today I want to tell you guys a little about, um, something that, that really everybody does, um, with Christmas, um, but has been a really fun thing with my family was gift giving, right? Um, I mean, my first my first memory of receiving a gift for Christmas was this yarn knit um, octopus. It was like a, a little stuffed animal that my Mimi had had made me, um, which is kind of weird because here I am, uh, 32 years old, and I am afraid of octopuses because um, I watched an episode of River Monsters that really talked about what octopuses can do and. Um, it freaks me out. So, uh, first gift was an octopus, and I loved it. I was probably like two or three years old. Um, now I am afraid of octopuses. It's a uh, kind of ironic, I would say. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, one of the one of the things that we did in our family is is uh, Santa would fill our stockings um, with little things. And that was the first thing that we would open uh, on Christmas Day is we'd grab our stockings, me and my brother and my sister, we'd grab our stockings and we'd tear into those, right? Um, There'd be Hot Wheels, there'd be Silly Putty, a bunch of, you know, just little things that Santa decided to to give us. And, um, And so that's how we started the day. And then, then we moved on to the tree, under the tree, the gifts that were there. And um, the biggest gifts um, and the best gifts typically came from Santa. Um, and I know that, I know that some parents, uh, spoiler alert, uh, parents do Santa stuff. Um, <laughs> I know that some parents make the Santa gifts like little bitty things because they want to take the credit for these big elaborate, elaborate things. But my parents didn't do that. They, they didn't want to take the credit, so to speak. They, they were fine without being the one that gave us the really big, cool gifts, best gifts or whatever. Um, the best gift I think that we got, um, as, as the the three of us, uh, me and my, me and my siblings was a trampoline. Now it was a hand-me-down trampoline. Um, so it wasn't brand new or anything, but what was really awesome about it is it was already broken in, so we could jump really high right off the bat. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, so I would say that was like the best gift that we got. Um, 
And, but eventually, like a lot of people, um, the receiving gifts stops being as enjoyable as the giving of gifts. Um, I, I really enjoy giving gifts. Um, it's one of my love languages in showing love is giving gifts. And I would say probably the best gifts that I gave, like kind of growing up, um, over the past years would be, um, now my brother, his name is Colton and he was a big fan of the Indianapolis Colts and Peyton Manning. So I got him one year a pair of Nikes. He's also very into shoes. Uh, but I got him a pair of Nikes that had, um, the Colt symbol on the Nikes. So the kind of custom shoes and whatnot. So that's what I gave him. And, and then probably the best gift I gave my sister is, uh, her name is Stephanie and her favorite book growing up was Stephanie's ponytail. And so I found a first edition, um, of the book, Stephanie's ponytail and gave that to her and seeing my siblings like light up, see their faces go, Oh my goodness, this is so awesome. It was unexpected. Yada, yada. Like that to me is one of the coolest things. And and I loved it. Um, but really why, why do we give gifts? I've, I've kind of asked myself this, um, over the years, you know, why do we, why do we give gifts? Like, um, it, it comes across as kind of materialistic sometimes, so why do we as, as Christians do it? Um, and, and those who don't want to be materialistic, um, <clears throat> ultimately, I, I think that it, it shows someone that you care about them. Um, it shows someone your gratitude for them. Um, and, and again, like I said, my, one of my love languages, as far as like giving love is giving gifts. So it's a love language for some people. Um, and so th those are some of the reasons why, but I, I think ultimately, um, it shows that person, um, that they are important to you. Um, you know, even whenever I don't have very much money, I try to find something to show my appreciation. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that like the more extravagant the gift, the, the more that you care about that person. Um, it just, it, it's really the thought that counts, right? Like, I mean, we hear that all the time. It's the thought that counts. Um, but that is true. And, and so this, this is kind of, this kind of brings me into the next characters that I'm talking about because they gave gifts as well. And I, and I think that we kind of take from, from their lead, uh, we follow after their lead of, of giving gifts, um, in, in the Magi. And today we're going to be um, talking about them, and it's in Matthew 2, um, 1 through 12. That's where we're going to be spending our time. Um, but before I jump into that, let's, uh, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for Christmas. I thank you for um, the story of Christmas, um, you sending your son to this earth so he could ultimately die for our sins, God. I thank you so much for that. I pray right now that as we look into a story that we've heard many, many times and maybe take it for granted, God, on a regular basis, I pray that you open our eyes, ears, and, and heart to hear from you and see things that we've never seen before, God. Uh, we love you, 
and we praise you. Pray all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So, like I said, um, I'm going to be in Matthew 2, 1 through 12. Uh, that's where we're going to spend the majority of the time. And it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests, and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of, Judea, uh, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler, who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. When Herod heard the mag... Uh, sorry... Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may, too, go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child and his, Mar and his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So, before we kind of dive into what we can learn from the Magi. Uh, there are two main characters in this story, I, I think, and, and then that being the Magi and that being King Herod. So I want to want to dive into who are the Magi and who is King Herod. Um, so the Magi um, just want to debunk a few things that we have thought over the years, and I have always thought, and that is... Um, we're not certain that there were three. Um, they weren't kings, and um, they weren't around during Jesus' uh, birth in Bethlehem, and they're not from China or the Orient. I mean, those are some things that across the board people believe, right? We sing songs, we three kings of Orient and, you know, whatever. Like, and then we see them in the manger scene, the 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 nativity scene, we see them as a part of it, but those things aren't necessarily true. We do know that there were more than one of them, but we don't know that there were three. There, we, we say three probably because of the gifts that they give. They give three different gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but we don't know how many there were. There could have been two, there could have been three, there could have been six, there could have been, a, you know, two dozen who knows how many there were. Um, secondly, they they weren't kings. So what were they? Well, typically we, we see them as wise men, 
right? And and what that what that refers to is that they were philosophers, they were um, astronomers, astrologers, um, they were teachers, scholars, um, and they were wealthy. Um, they chased after knowledge. Um, they read and they knew uh, the teachings of many different religious beliefs, uh, including the Jews. Um, and they probably found those in the places where the Jews were exiled in Egypt and and Persia and uh, and Babylon. And so because they knew about Jewish uh, teachings and whatnot, they knew about the star. And that's what put their attention on seeking Jesus. Um, they also probably, they, they weren't a part of the nativity scene, right? They didn't come at Jesus' birth. So they probably were around, a, a, lot, a lot of people believe they were, they came around um, when, when Jesus was close to about two years old. Um, we, we know this because in Matthew 2, a couple of, of verses down in, in verse 16, um, it says, when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. So if it was about two years that the star had been around and, and the Magi had told King Herod the, that the star had, had originally been seen or whatever, and that was whenever Jesus was born, it it stands to stands to reason that it's Jesus was probably close to about two years old since he gave the order of two years old or younger. Uh, and lastly, um, they didn't come from China or what we call the Orient, right? Um, they came from probably uh, modern day Iran, ancient day uh, Persia or Babylon. Again, they were probably in a place where they were able to read uh, the teachings of the Jewish uh, faith uh, because the Jews were exiled there um, to Persia and, and, and Babylon. So what about King Herod? Who's King Herod? Well, first and foremost, he is an evil, evil, evil man. He had a lust for power and control. He he was power hungry. Um, and uh, again, back to verse 16, we read that he ordered the death of any boy two years or younger. And this wasn't the first time that King Herod was, gave the order for mass murder. Um, he was a very evil man. Um, also, he was named King of the Jews. Uh, by Emperor uh, Caesar Augustus. And so whenever he heard the Magi say, you know, who we have come to worship the King of the Jews, um, we saw his star and yada yada, King Herod probably was like, uh, excuse me, someone else is, is claiming to be a King of the Jews? That's my title. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to put up with that. And so now that we have kind of a background on who these people are, I believe that there are key points that we can pick up on if we just pay attention, right? 
Um, one of the things that is key is that we realize that the Magi, they traveled 600 plus miles probably to see and worship Jesus. Now this is extraordinary to me because they're not Jewish. They, they didn't come from a place where they were they were being taught the Jewish traditions and they believed in God or anything like that. In fact, they were astrologers, which means that they believed in in the stars and the supernatural that comes from the stars and the signs and, and moon phases and things like that. They believe that that's what kind of explained a lot of things. They were also philosophers. Philosophers typically don't believe in some sort of higher power or God or, or whatever. They believe that science explained everything. And to be of the faith of, of Christianity, to be the faith of, of Judaism, there comes a lot of of faith, <laughs> um, not proving. Um, but yet they worshipped a baby. They truly worshipped a baby um, who was born to a servant girl and a and a carpenter. Um, that that goes that goes against everything that they believe. They believe that he was the Messiah, and and fell down and worshipped him. Um, that to me is just insane. It's crazy, but it's true. <laughs> then the the second thing, the second key point that that we need to really look at is they gave three very 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 expensive gifts to a baby, <laughs> and and to a poor teenager and a poor carpenter. Right? They gave gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Those things could have could have been sold for a lot of money. They, but what what we really are seeing here is that I talked about gifts earlier. The Magi were showing God how much they believed in Him and how much they they had faith in Him and and how precious He was by giving these very very expensive gifts. It also, Joseph and Mary and Jesus were about to have to flee for their lives to Egypt. Um, and down a few verses uh, from there, an angel comes and, t and speaks to Joseph and says, Take your family to Egypt. Well, they were there until King Herod died, which the belief is like two or three years um, they were in Egypt. So while they're in Egypt, they're away from their home. And so this gold, frankincense, and myrrh probably was sold to, to have land, to have shelter, to, to get, you know, meals, uh, food on the, on the table, um, covered, you know, traveling expenses. And again, these are two very poor people. So it's not like they had extra money laying around that they could go and do this anyway. So God, God worked through the Magi to fund their ability to go elsewhere so that Jesus wasn't killed. And the last thing that I would say that key point that we should really pay attention to is how they interacted with Herod, both coming and going. Um, they went to him first, trying to find Jesus. 
Um, this was one so they could gather information, but two, I think it was a courtesy. This, that's what I believe at least, right? It's it's kind of like if if a cop goes into another um, area that he doesn't have jurisdiction over and decides to do some investigating or tries to hunt down someone, the thing that they're going to do first is they're going to contact the, the police in that jurisdiction specifically and go, hey, this is what I'm doing. And pretty much they're trying to get the okay to do that. So I think that, that the Magi were kind of doing that with King Herod. Hey, we're trying to find this baby that's born who's supposed to be the Messiah, who's supposed to be the King of the Jews. So do you know about it? And also, are you okay with it? Uh, because this is your area. Um, so I think that they were trying to get kind of the okay on it. But I believe that they knew um, how much of a bad guy, an evil person, Herod was. I mean, with being as smart as they are, um, they probably kept up with current events. And so they heard that he, uh, they heard about Herod and, and the way that he treated the Jews, the way that he, he taxed them, the way that he mass murdered people on a regular basis and we see that all throughout history uh, when we do look at that time where Herod was over um, the Jewish people and and Herod had an opposite agenda of what the Magi had yet they interacted with him I, I think this just this just kind of blows my mind right they're wanting to worship they're clearly seeing that he doesn't want to worship um, Jesus, but they still interact with him. They still um, get his blessing, so to speak, or whatever. And then whenever, whenever they are leaving, they followed after what God's um, order was not to go back to Herod instead of what Herod said, which was, hey, come report back to me because I want to go worship. It, basically, I believe they were showing Jesus love. Um, they didn't compromise what they felt to be right just because, you know, King Herod was a king, right? And so that that leads me into, since we're, we, since we've talked about kind of the key points of the of the story it leads me into like what we've been talking about on a regular basis right how does this how does this relate to us whenever it comes to relationships right and i think that there are two relationships that we can really look at and and learn from in this part of the the christmas story and that is a relationship with god again i'm going to sound like a broken record but it's the truth and it's the most important truth and that is that God must come first. And we're showed that we're we're shown that by the magi because they listened to God and they put him first whenever it came to leaving Jesus. They didn't follow what Herod said, they followed what God said. Also when it comes to a relationship with God, he will direct your path. I don't believe that, that he's going to put a star in the sky that shines down on your next step. Um, he could. It's uh, it's something that he could do. He is a God of miracles. But I, but I believe 
that if you pay attention to him and his voice, then you can, you'll know what to do. Just like the Magi, they paid attention to the star, they searched for the star, uh, they searched for the for Jesus, and then when it came to time to leave, they listened to God through the dream um, that they were warned about. And lastly, God is worthy of all of our gifts, especially the the big and expensive gifts, right? I mean, He is. He's the God of the universe, and he is worthy of our gifts of worship, of praise, of time, of money, of honor, devotion, our relationships, our talents, our service. So if you want to show God how how worthy he is and how much you love him, then maybe you need to start giving him your gifts giving him your time, giving him your money, giving him your relationships and letting him decide whether those relationships are what you need or not. And when it comes to uh, relationship with unbelievers, there are a few things that I believe that we can gather from this story. God can and will use people who don't love him, like Herod, to fulfill his plans even in our own lives, right? I believe that because Herod was so hell-bent on killing Jesus that it just went to solidify the, the desire and the need and the, and the faith to worship Jesus in the Magi's lives. So let me ask you a question. Have you had an unbeliever that seems to work against you, uh, but instead of, of something being worked against you, God uses that to instill some sort of truth inside of you. Uh, I'll tell you, I, I have been, I had been, uh, unemployed for four months. Um, and, and I just recently started a new job. And during that time of, of unemployment, it actually came from, other people um, saying things about me that were untrue and and that's how I was let go at work but during that time instead of allowing that to be what defined me God used that time to really instill things in my life that are very beneficial for me right now and moving forward um, so are there are there unbelievers that seem to be working against you, um, or have there been times where where there have been unbelievers that have worked against you, and God has taken it, taken that evil that they desired against you, and turned it into good? And also, I believe whenever it comes to unbelievers and our relationships with them, that God will give us direction whenever it's time to move away from the, those unbelievers that are causing us harm or opposing our faith. We just have to listen. I mean, just because God puts someone in your life that's not a believer and is actively rebelling against God for a period of time, it doesn't mean that they need to stay there in your life. Like God will root out the people 
the relationships that you don't need. You just have to give that over to God. Like I said earlier uh, about gifts to God. See, the, the Magi heard the warning from God not to go back to Herod. And so at that at that point, God was like, okay, you're done with your relationship with Herod. So you need to just go in another direction. So a question I would ask you all is, are there any unbelievers that might be influence, influencing you knowingly or unknowingly that you need to distance yourself from? I mean, just because we're called to spread the gospel to all people who are lost, it doesn't mean that you need to hold on to relationships that are trying to pull you away from God. You can you can minister to people and you can you can share your faith with people without you know carrying on a relationship with that person and and harming your own relationship with God because again like we said before or like I said before a relationship with God is the most important thing. So as we're wrapping up this season of Christmas, um, as Christmas has co come and gone and we're looking into a, a, a new year, I hope that this becomes more of a tradition for all of us, that we read the story next year at Christmas time and really dive into and dig into what the story is trying to tell us, what we can learn from the story instead of it just being a story that we read every single year. But whenever it comes to the Magi, let's keep in mind that we need to put God first. No matter what any royal person or celebrity or social media has to say. Also, God will direct our paths. We just have to pay attention. We got to look and we got to listen. We got to read our Bible. We got to pray. And he deserves our gifts. All of them but especially those that are the expensive and important gifts. Others deserve our gifts as well to show them that, that we love them and that, that we care about them. But God really deserves all of our gifts because he gives us life. And God's plans aren't limited to just believers. So don't dismiss unbelievers in your life. But at the same time, Sometimes you're going to need to walk away from relationships with unbelievers because they could cause you harm and they could drag you away from God. It doesn't mean that you don't love them and it doesn't mean that you don't want them saved. It just means that you need to defend your relationship with God from the, the evil that is trying to seep into your life and, and cause a ruckus. So thank you guys for listening. Um, I hope that y'all got something from this. I know I did. And I hope that we can take this, we can take the example of the Magi and really apply it to our lives. So if this was something that you enjoyed and that you feel like someone else would enjoy, please share it with them. Um, you know, get on my Instagram and and share the posts or whatever. Um, but until next week, guys, I love y'all and God bless. See you later.